Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We celebrated Easter, that is, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, 40 days ago. Now, this is the 40th day after he was raised from the dead and manifested himself to his disciples. He did it on at least three or more occasions on Resurrection Day itself, followed by another meeting the next week and some others in the 40-day period. But on the 40th day, something happened, something very unique. He who had descended from heaven in the word incarnate, talked about in John chapter 1, reascended, he ascends into heaven again. He who descended now ascends. And this is all in fulfillment of prophecy of that which he came to do. We read about that in a number of places in the Bible. But I want us to think about the necessity of the ascension. Too often, this whole teaching of Scripture is somewhat neglected in our churches today. We certainly spend time talking about the cross, which we certainly must, because the cross is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Jesus Christ died for the sins of his people. He died so that they could be forgiven. He died so that God's justice and holiness is upheld and God's mercy and love can be granted to sinners chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. The atoning sacrifice on the cross is absolutely necessary. But it's not the only thing necessary. It's also necessary that Christ rise from the dead because if he did not rise from the dead, then there was no atoning sacrifice for our sin. He himself would have been trapped in death because he had assumed our sin and it was there. But no, he completed the atoning sacrifice. He cried out on the cross, it is finished. And then he descended into the realm of the dead. And there he was until the third day when he arose from the dead. But he arose in his immortal body, a body still human. He's still incarnate. But now he is glorified and his body is made such that it may dwell in the heavenly spheres. So you see, the incarnation does not end at the cross. The incarnation continues. Christ became a human being. The Christ is a human being and he is God at the same time. And this continues for all eternity. He ascends into heaven in this body in which he made sacrifice for us. And now he does the next phase of applying his sacrifice in our ongoing lives here on earth, in our lives of fellowship with God that also, sadly, includes transgressions and sins. Let's read about this because, you see, there's a, that is an image of it a picture of Christ's priestly work given to us in the Old Covenant. It's given to us specifically on the Day of Atonement that's recorded in Leviticus chapter 16. Now, this ritual is done once a year. It was ordained by the Lord 
in the Mosaic Covenant that once a year on the Day of Atonement, the high priest was to take the sacrifice into the Holy of Holies. This is the only day of the year when the high priest ever entered into the Holy of Holies, the inner sanctum where the Ark of the Covenant was, and there he must sprinkle the blood. We can read about it in Leviticus chapter 16, and then we can see how Christ is fulfilling this activity in the reality of his atoning sacrifice and his application of his blood in the heavens on behalf of his people. Leviticus chapter 16, beginning at verse 11. Aaron shall present the bull as a sin offering for himself, and he shall make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall kill the bull as a sin offering for himself, and he shall take a censer full of coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, and two handfuls of sweet incense beaten small, and he shall bring it inside the veil, and put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is over the testimony, so that he does not die. And he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the front of the mercy seat on the east side. And in front of the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring its blood inside the veil and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull, sprinkling it over the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. Thus he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the people of Israel and because of their transgressions, all of their sins. And so he shall do for the tent of meeting which dwells with them in the midst of their uncleanness. No one may be in the tent of meeting from the time he enters to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out and is made atonement for himself and for his house and for all the assembly of Israel. Then he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. And he shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. And he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with a finger seven times and cleanse it and consecrate it from the cleanness of the people. And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting at the altar, he shall present the live bull. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live bull, confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins. He shall put them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who's in readiness. The goat shall bear all their iniquities on itself to a remote area, and he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness. Now, you might think that's a strange ritual, but it was ordained by God, and it is a word and a ritual picture of what the Lord Jesus Christ himself does in order for his people to have their sins forgiven, and in order for them to have continuing relationship with God as his beloved people. Now, just picture the image for just a moment. I read an interesting article in Christianity Today on Christ, Christ's ascension is essential by Matthew Burden. And in that article, he makes some statements that relate to this, and I want to share them with you. Uh, He writes, the high priest was to take the blood of the sacrifice and ascend the steps of the temple to enter into the sanctuary of the Lord surrounded by billowing clouds of incense. We read that 
in Leviticus 16, verses 11 through 13. So when the high priest would step up into that cloud, he vanished from the sight of the watching throngs of the temple courts. And he proceeds into the Holy of Holies wrapped in a cloud of fog of incense. There, in the presence of God, the high priest would present the blood of the sacrifice, completing the ritual of atonement and interceding for the people. Then he would emerge, coming back down through the cloud of incense in the same way the crowds had seen him leave, bearing the assurance of salvation back to the people of God. Matthew writes, this is precisely what the book of Hebrews says happened in Jesus' heavenly ascent. Hebrews 6 through 10, all those chapters paints a picture of the scene enacted when Jesus made his entrance into the presence of God. It draws on the Day of Atonement imagery to portray Jesus as both the offering and the offerer. While the Holy of Holies was merely an earthly representation of the heavenly reality, Jesus enters the heart of that reality into the very presence of the Father. Now, with that image in mind, I want us to hear the account of Jesus' ascension. And I'm going to be reading from the only full account that's given to us of it from the Gospel according to Luke, which is Luke's Gospel and Acts of the Apostles. We read in Acts chapter 1 and verse 9, Now, it tells us earlier in Luke 24, a a very brief summary statement, which I'll paraphrase for you. It says that while Jesus was blessing the people, blessing his disciples, he was received up into heaven and was taken out of their sight. So this is the picture of the high priest. When he comes out of the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement, he pronounces the benediction upon the people of God, the assurance of their salvation the assurance that God has forgiven their sins and has covered them from the past year, and now they can continue to live as God's people. And so the benediction is given. It's found in Numbers. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face to shine upon you, etc. But listen to the account, read, read, reading from Acts chapter 1, verse 9. When Jesus had said these things, as they were watching, Jesus was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. (laughs) Do you see There he is. He's the high priest. Now, first picture him on the cross of Calvary, where he offers up himself as the sacrifice for the sins of his people. There, his life is taken. His blood is shed for his people, for the transgressions they have committed, for their sins. For their very sin nature, he has made the atoning sacrifice and that has paid the penalty, every ounce of the penalty that is owed to the holy God. But now, in his resurrected body, after spending some 40 days with his disciples, he leaves him with his hands lifted up in a blessing. 
and he is received out of their sight in the cloud. It reminds you of the Shekinah cloud of God's glory that we read about in the Exodus and when we read about it in the temple and tabernacle after it has all been established. So what did the priests do? After Aaron and his successors had made the sacrifices for the people, he must go into the cloud of incense, into the very presence of God on earth in the Holy of Holies and there present the blood by sprinkling it on the mercy seat on behalf of the people and all things connected with them. And then at the end of it, he sends another goat into the wilderness after all the confessions have been made because atonement has been made for the people and now the goat is demonstrating visually what God has done with their sins. He's taken them away. He's removed them as far as the east is from the west. Now Jesus does not have to repeat his sacrifice because he made the perfect sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice of himself. And Hebrews chapter 10 talks about that where Jesus says of the Father before he becomes incarnate, a body hast thou prepared me. And so he comes in that body to make the atoning sacrifice for his people. But now this incarnate glorified Lord goes into heaven. He ascends into the cloud, into the presence of the almighty Father. And there he is, our advocate, our great high priest interceding for his people. And isn't that what the Apostle John is really referring to when he writes in 1 John chapter 1 about the ongoing cleansing effect of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on behalf of his people. In John chapter 1 and verse 7, it talks about the fact that Christians uh, continue uh, to sin. They do stumble and they do sin. Well, what do we do with our sins? Well, we are to confess our sins. Listen to the Apostle John as he writes about this incarnate Lord and his continuing ministry in the heavens for us. He says, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, This is a message we've heard from him, from God, and proclaimed to you, God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, as living in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And listen to this. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's not a past tense statement. Is not a future tense statement. It's a present, ongoing reality statement. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Anyone who says they're sinless on this side of glory is simply lying. That's what the Bible says. We continue to have struggles with sin. We continue sometimes to fail our Lord. What must we do with them? He tells us, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, that is, if we acknowledge them, name them before him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar. 
His word is not as he repeats that twice. Never say you're sinless. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he's a propitiation for our sins. He's a propitiation for the sins of the people of God. Both the ones to whom John was writing and to all the succeeding ones who believe on him because of the testimony of the apostles given in what we call the New Testament. Christ, our great high priest, has ascended into heaven. And there he does the essential work of the application of his blood to his people. And until we see him in glory, he continues that ministry. And it is the what it assures us of our eternal fullness of salvation when he comes again. Because you see, we have a promise that he who ascended into heaven was the one who descended in the incarnation and he is the one who will descend again in glory and power at the end of the age. And when we see him as he is, we shall be transformed to be like him. We shall be sinless and in glorified immortal bodies dwelling with him forever in a new heaven and a new earth. This is why Jesus ascended into heaven. And this is why his ascension is essential for our lives as Christians. Worship him, the risen, ascended Lord Jesus Christ. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to let us hear from you. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at 8441 Honeycutt Road, Dallas, Texas, or send an email to gseedallas.gmail at gmail.com. Your contributions through prayer and encouragement are greatly encouraged. And if you would be so kind as to leave a review concerning Bible Insights, on our websites, or on the podcast in which you listen to us, we will be very grateful to you. This will help spur the message on and encourage others to listen. God bless.